Hey guys, welcome. It's parenting today. We are back. Uh, John, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Kurt. How are you? I am good. I am, uh, you know, last week we had John Quasi on, you know, the guy who you used to work with. And you were, you really wouldn't let me ask any questions. You guys just basically like cut me out of the podcast, called me a sidekick, but I've recovered. And I'm ready <laughs> to go. So somehow, somehow I soldiered on. So, um, I've got a fun fact for us before we begin the podcast. Yeah. And, and this isn't, it, it's good to have a fun fact cause we are going to be talking about something a little sobering today. So it's good to have yes. a little, some lightheartedness first. Yes, yes, yes. So that's the exact, yes, that is the function of the fun fact, <laughs> um, no matter what our subject is. Uh, but my, uh, my fun fact is that, uh, there is controversy there is a there is a controversy in the world of professional poker. Whoa. Yes, there is controversy because apparently, okay, and I, I don't know all the details, but you can look this up. There's a guy, a, a poker player um, named Mike Possel, all right? And it's spelled like Apostle, but without the A, all right? Mike Possel. Mikey P. And and he plays poker on a something I've never even heard of. It's called the Stones Poker Tour or something like that. Um, but it's uh, they have like live. They're on Twitch or they broadcast it on YouTube or whatever. They have live games. And this is not for like hundreds of thousands of dollars, but just for like thousands of dollars. So this is lower end of poker. But apparently someone was paying attention to this broadcast and they noticed that this guy was way better than the odds say. And if you know anything about poker, you know that even though it is gambling, really it's it's a math contest. It's a contest. It's a probability contest between two um, people are trying to the, – the people who are very, very good at this game are high-level mathematicians who um, they, they know the odds. They don't, they don't always win, but they give themselves like a, you know, a slight – slightly better chance to win. So like they have a 51% chance of coming out ahead or whatever. And every time that makes them money, I guess, but I'm not good enough at math to even understand it. But this guy was winning way more than he should be. And really what was getting everyone's uh, attention was, is that not that he was necessarily winning lots of money, but anytime that he was losing, anytime that he was in a position where he ought to lose, he was folding. He was like, he was getting out of hands where he should have, where a normal poker player would be like, okay, well, you lose this hand. You lose it because you play it the right way and you think that you're strong, but the person you're up against just happens to have the better hand. So the odds say you should play this hand. And then you should lose. And he was getting out of those hands. He was get, he was folding when, you know, when things were happening. I don't understand poker enough to understand exactly all the reasons why. But people who do follow poker and do pay attention to poker, um, and you can look him up on YouTube. There are literally hundreds of videos now on YouTube showing uh, people breaking down. And there's all this jargon. I've watched one of them, and there's all this jargon that I guess I would understand if I was a poker player. But this guy, basically, I think he had someone within this this tour, multiple people even, who were feeding him, who were watching these hands live, and they can see who everyone's cards are. They were telling him what the cards were. No he had way. his phone like in his lap. He had his phone in his lap, and they were basically like cheating for him. And uh, anyway, so just wait, a okay. wild comp- – I, I got to yeah. interrupt. So, okay, 
I'm assuming at these poker competitions, I, you know, phones are prohibited, all kinds of stuff. How could he have <laughs> well, a now, phone now, in his pocket? Now phones, now phones are prohibited, but apparently like poker, the way these people play is they play for sessions that are just interminably long, like eight hours or 12 hours. I don't know how long they play. And like, in some of these videos you can see in the one video that I watched where you can see like there's certain players who are like eating at the table too. Mm. So it's like, there's a lot of things going on. And when you're not in the hand, I guess you can have your phone with you and you wow. they'll, they'll get their phone out and text. But this guy apparently has his phone like in his lap and they are feeding him the hands so that he knows everyone's hand that he's going up against. <laughs> and, um, and his win rate was just like unbelievable. And no one has straight up said he's cheating in the video, I said this guy was very careful not to say, well, there, it's a guarantee he's cheating. He just says, like, everything points to this guy knows what the, his opponent has. He knows he knows exactly. Like, no one would fold here or no one would bet here. No respecting poker player would bet here. But this guy, and now they've gone back, like, after he was accused of this now, because all these things are online, they've gone back, and I guess they're going through and they're re-legislating, like, every bet that he's ever made. And, um. Anyway, all that to say is that um, is that uh, you don't get away with it. Um, you know, the bottom line is like if you in anything in life, um, you know, you just don't you don't get away with it. And, um, that, and that, ladies and gentlemen, is a fun fact. <laughs> yeah, it is. What fun facts? <laughs> Very interesting. Yeah. 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 So, all right. Well, look, yeah. that, that is interesting. Facts are done. Okay. <laughs> You bring me a fun fact. You bring me a huge poker scandal. Okay, that's that's a fun fact. Yeah, that's impressive. No, that's good. Also, don't gamble. I think we should. Have, yes. have we done a? Have we done a? No, we have not. I don't gambling. That's a topic you've mentioned that we should do, but we have I not should have yet. saved that fun fact for when we do a podcast on gambling. Yeah, that's true. Um, Maybe you yeah. can share the outcome. You know. Uh, when, when they get to the I'm, bottom, I'm pretty of sure the outcome's going to be that this guy's <laughs> going to lose a lot of money, and yeah. some people are going to go to jail. But or uh, we're never going to hear from him again. Skip stuff. Ooh, that's even, that's even scarier. Yeah. Like oh, I thought you meant like he'd be like eliminated by the mafia mm-hmm. or something. It wasn't going to go there, but wow. All right. <laughs> this CD is getting, business. This is getting less fun, but maybe that's a a good segue, Kurt. So look, yeah. uh, let's go ahead and get into today's topic. everybody. Uh, as we said, we're going to be talking about something uh, much more sobering today, and that's the topic of pornography. Uh, Kurt and I know we, we've discussed this before on this podcast, and sometimes I do wonder if this could be talked about too much. Um, I remember actually asking Walt Mueller that question on the local youth worker when I had him on to you know, talk about this very subject. And his response was, well, how often does the world talk about it? And really, since you know, sex is such a prevalent or perversions of sex are such a prevalent issue in our culture that we as Christians must continue to have these these topics and this discussion. And so, you know, my, my concern is that listeners of this podcast might even see the topic and just be like, ah, I've, I've heard it before. I know it's bad. It's sinful, whatever, and just kind of move on. But I sincerely, and Kurt, I want you to react to this. I, you know, when I was a youth worker in a local congregation, um, 
I would have parent meetings and I would, I would often say, look, I get tired of talking about pornography, but I think we've got to continue. Um, I think honestly, uh, the evil one, because he works so much damage and destruction from pornography, I think part of his ploy is to wear us down, uh, that we will just get so tired of this topic and so tired of addressing it, so tired of talking about it. We're just going to stop and just accept it, and it's a part of life, and there's nothing we can do about it. But, Kurt, I think it's something that we've got to continue to talk about because of its prevalence in our churches and in you know, adults. I mean, I know people who are divorced over this issue. I know uh, just the, the havoc it has wreaked in homes of students and all of that. I just think we've got to continue talking about it. But Kurt, what do you think? Well, I think, you know, I, I, we have talked about this and, and I, um, you know, I, I tend to be, I tend to think, well, for this podcast, I tend to think like, oh man, because you brought it up that maybe we should have this this episode again. And I was more hesitant to have it again, just because I'm not really sure what I'm going to add that we haven't talked about already. Although I'm thinking of a couple things now uh, that we're in it. But uh, I think that in our, in my, at least in my particular situation where I'm dealing with young men uh, all the time and young women, I don't think it's something that you can afford to uh, lay fallow for a very short period, for any long period of time. I think it's something that you have to talk about all the time. And the balance that you try to strike, or at least I try to strike, is I try to mention it. I I don't have lessons on, you know, or just deal with it directly all the time, maybe once or twice a year or just, you know, but then you try to mention it. You don't want to hammer them over the head with it. And you also, you have run this really, fine line where you also like there are people, young people in our ministry who haven't been exposed to it yet. Now I know that statistics say that you're exposed at whatever age, but that's an average, right? So if someone gets exposed at seven, you know, and the average is 11, then that means someone doesn't get exposed until they're 15. Right. Or I guess somehow that that's how it works, but you don't want to be the person who introduces a kid in your youth group to pornography where they're like, Oh, Hey, okay, well this is something, you know, and then you, um, so and <laughs> so you, you're constantly I'm at least constantly weighing those two things. It's like this is a prevalent issue. I've got students who are addicted to it and I need to speak to it. And then at the other time, like, hey, well, you know, don't batter them over the head with it hmm. um, because you don't want to make it such a thing where they're like because we, we can definitely treat it in such a way where we we're paying lip service to we're addressing it. And really what we're doing by the fact that we address it so frequently is that we're making it commonplace. Hmm. We're making it normal. Um, I I guess maybe pushing back on you. um, Okay. One to say, I'm ready. (laughs) One to say, we are not making it commonplace. I mean, without a doubt. I mean, the internet and just the insane amounts of, you know, accessibility, exposure, all of that. I mean, it's, it's out there. We're, we're not making it commonplace. And, and two, just the idea of introducing um, pornography. Honestly, I think it's part of our job as parents uh, to quote unquote, introduce uh, topics to our children, uh, even if they are evil, even if they are, um, you know, corruption that's going on in the culture that our children are growing up in, we as parents have to be alerting them to to dangers. And so 
you know, I mean, just speaking from uh, personal experience, I mean, I have introduced the topic of pornography to my two oldest children, just educating them on that mm. and, and stemming from, you know, giving them a biblical understanding of sexuality. I mean, we know we are created as sexual beings, so the desire for sex is in all of our hearts. Um, and, you know, not only is the desire for sex God-given and there, but it's poison, sin that has poisoned our hearts is, is there as well. And so it's poisoning and distorting that. And then, you know, we know pornography is a result of that. And so I think really it is our job as parents and as the church to introduce the subject to, to younger children. What do you think? Mm, I mean... Yeah, I guess so. I, I mean, yeah, maybe it's my, not even my, using my, that I word. I guess my first thought. I guess my first thought is like, um, uh, would you introduce? Just think about any other sin. Would you introduce it in the same way? Um, and maybe that maybe we're and maybe the answer is yes. To it, that. Well, and maybe we shouldn't even say introduce pornography to them. I mean, you know, just again using my example. I'm not saying this is the perfect way to do it, but. <laughs> You know, I, I gave my children a biblical view of sexuality at a young age. So I introduced a biblical, correct, right definition, understanding of sexuality, and then kind of prepared them for, listen, there are going to be distortions of this. And, you know, didn't get too descriptive right when I introduced the, you know, understanding of sexuality. And so it's not necessarily just introducing pornography, but it, it's a warning, instruction, caution, counsel. Hey, look, there, there is, you know, using the language of scripture, sexual immorality that is out there. And, you know, that's, <clears throat> excuse me, oftentimes in the Greek, you know, the word porneia, um, which is just anything and everything um, that, that can be out there that can distort sexuality. I mean, we, we know that Paul even, I mean, this is something just last night, Kurt, we were uh, talking about First Timothy with a men's group and you know Paul just in in 1 Timothy 1 uh, he gets into okay I'll just pick up in verse 8 he says now we know that the law is good if one uses it lawfully understanding this that the law is not laid down for the just but for the lawless and disobedient for the ungodly and sinners for the unholy and profane for those who strike their fathers and mothers for murderers the sexually immoral men who practice homosexuality enslavers, liars, perjurers, and whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine. Um, you, you know, they say that Paul, when he talks about, and really that list, he's just rehearsing the Ten Commandments. He's going through the Ten Commandments there. Well, sexually immoral, he was talking about more than uh, um, adultery. Uh, that's what, you know, commentators say. Um, and so, again, as he's going through the Ten Commandments, he's saying, okay, there's something, you know, worse than this. And then he also, you know, gets into homosexuality. But then at the end, Whatever else is contrary to sound doctrine, I mean, God's word knew the depravity, the depravity of uh, humanity's hearts, and that we're going to come up with ways to uh, be more and more depraved. And so, those words, you know, sexual immorality, encompass so much. I mean, really, that's kind of just what I'm getting at with that little lengthy uh, explanation there. Okay, I um, <laughs> that was a lot. Again, I just um, you know, I just I think about like our ministry, um, again, I'm not really arguing, obviously, you know, it's bad and we need to uh, address it. Uh, but what I don't want is, uh, for me to, uh, 
talk about it so openly that uh, a sixth grader in our ministry is like, wait, you can see that? And, you know, and like goes looking for it, if yeah. that makes sense. No, um, absolutely. They, uh, because, uh, and then for them <laughs> to uh, see so that's my, that's my concern is that like, oh, that's, that's available. Like, you know, like um, that, that's now, I, I recognize that for most people, that is not how it happens, but it does happen for some, you know, and I don't think it's, I think it's wise to consider that as well is that, um, you know, this is why we try to separate our younger and older students a lot is because uh, with our older students, we can talk about things. We, we can kind of assume some things that they've been exposed to, whereas with our younger students, you know, we've got a wide variety of parenting styles and um, parenting views and uh, cultural exposure views, so we have to be a way more. We have to be more careful. But I, you know, I think there is a distinction that you're making there, which is this: is that like, um, we're one one issue is when do we talk to our kids about pornography, and the other issue is when do we talk to our kids about sex, right? And uh, you, you talk about establishing like a biblical view of sex with your children. Okay. Um, and then coming back and being like, okay, well, there's going to be like a perversion of this or a bad version of this. And this is how it can look. It can look like extramarital, um, I mean, premarital, uh, you know, look like lust and it can also look like pornography, but there's a distinction between those two things, right? Um, there's a distinction between, talking about sex and then also talking about pornography. And I guess what I'm hung up on is, is being like, Hey, there's this thing. Like, I'm just thinking about when my son, like I have not talked to him about pornography yet, even though it's coming very soon, like to have to talk to him about it because he's eight years old. Right. Um, but, uh, but like my, you know, I'm thinking like, do I want to say like, as a parent, talk me through this, John, cause you have older kids. Do I want to say like, okay, well, there's this thing called pornography where people have sex and, you know, and take video of it or pictures of it and you and other people watch it and that's bad. And like, as a parent, I'm thinking to myself, man, okay, that's a lot to download on an eight year old. Mm -hmm. Okay. That's just like, and, and then like, and I've just, and I've literally just introduced to him sin, which I don't think that he's ever considered. Mm -hmm. So talk, talk me through that. Yeah. I mean, one, I'd say age appropriate discussion. Um, that, sure. That, the, but again, he's only, okay. He's but, only two years below the average of when someone's exposed to it. So that's no, what we're talking about. He's one year to about the age when they do get exposed now. I mean, the stats are kind oh, of is it nine now, eight to nine. Yeah, absolutely. And so, okay. I mean, again, I, this is not, I'm saying, okay, this is the way I did it. That's a and, second grader. That's yes. a, an eight-year-old is a second grader. Yeah. When, okay. when, when do it? When do they get smartphones? You know? I mean, they're getting them around that age, and that's the most common Who's way. giving their eight-year-old a smartphone? I mean, I've got neighbors who are coming over to my house who are younger than that who already have a smartphone. So it's it's fairly common. But all I'm... We can't see my face before. here. You can't see my face <laughs> in this podcast, but... I mean, that's, that's very common. Let's just say, I think especially a out there. would be, what, how did you describe me? <laughs> a gas, a gate. Yeah. Um, sure. well, look, incredible. let's get to your question really? before we get, yeah. Absolutely. All right, let's get to my question. Yeah. 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 When, when I explained to my eight year old the first time, okay, here's a biblical understanding of sexuality and really just read Genesis one 
and I mean portions of Genesis one and two. And then I just said, what kind of questions do you have? And so, okay, I did explain sex and I yeah. got into some of the mechanics at eight. My daughter said, can a man have sex with another man or can a man marry another man? Um, mm. She was eight. She already had that question. You know, we, we, we've protected her <coughs> from the world. You know, we exposed her to some things, protected her. I have no idea where she heard that, but she heard it somewhere. And mm-hmm. so that's part of what I'm getting at is, okay, once I explained it, read from scripture, I then turned it over to my child and said, what kind of questions do you have? You know, what do you, this is, this was something, a question uh, that she had. And so, um, well, hey, t- talk me through this because that's a daughter. All right. Mm-hmm. So, and I, I just assume that an eight year old girl is more mature than an eight year old boy. Um, the, uh, but talk me through this. Talk me through what would have happened if you said, do you have any questions? And she goes, nope. <laughs> um, I guess, I don't know. Maybe that would have been it. Yeah. I, mm-hmm. I, I mean, to me, yeah. that, that's part of it is when, when you do introduce this at, at an early age, children are more prone to, to talk and to dialogue and to, mm-hmm. uh, because they are naive and they're less self-aware, they're not concerned about asking quote unquote foolish questions or silly questions. So they just kind of say what's sure. on their mind. And so mm-hmm. that's been the case, I guess, with both of my children that I've had this conversation with, they're more prone to talk about it. It's a little less awkward and uncomfortable for them because they're young. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's made it more easy or easier uh, to have that conversation and to enter into that conversation later, years after, um, we'll just kind of have you know, <laughs> check up, follow up conversations, um, mm-hmm. you know, even to the point where I can say, hey, do you have you been have you seen any pornographic image images, any pictures that you have questions about, and you know, they'll even say, well, I saw this, is that you know, consider pornography, and um, mm-hmm. so it's easier to have those question those conversations. Um, uh, without saying too much, like talk, talk to me about that. Like, well, let, let's, uh, I was going to say, let's stop here and let's pick up yeah. at this point on, on Thursday. Cause I know yeah. you and I both have appointments that we need to get to. Um, so let's yeah. pick up with this question on, on Thursday. <laughs>